DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents The Discernment of Spirits, Setting the Captives Free, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher was ordained in 1979 as a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He obtained his doctorate from the Gregorian University, and he has dedicated many years to an extensive ministry of retreats, spiritual direction, and teaching about the spiritual life. Father Gallagher is the author of seven books published by the Crossroad Publishing Company on the spiritual teaching of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the life of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. Father Gallagher is featured on the EWTN series, Living the Discerning Life, the spiritual teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola. The Discernment of Spirits, Setting the Captives Free, with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. The fifth rule, in time of desolation, never make a change, but be firm and constant in the proposals and determination in which one was the day preceding such desolation, or in the determination in which one was in the preceding consolation. Because, as in consolation the good spirit guides and counsels us more, so in desolation the bad spirit, with whose counsels we cannot find the way to a right decision. Welcome, Father Gallagher. Thank you, Chris. We are in the process of understanding spiritual desolation, and having just heard Rule 5, it really is a time for fidelity, isn't it? It is, and I I love Rule 5. I would almost beg of those who have listened to any of these conversations, this is a way of saying something. If you were to forget everything else that we've said, or will say in any of these conversations, I'd beg of you never to forget Rule 5. Rule 5 will bless you forever in your life. I cannot tell you how grateful I am for Rule 5 in my life. After instructing us in the basics of discernment of spirits in the first four rules, what you call the big three, and then uh, the different directions of life and how the spirits work, and then what spiritual consolation and spiritual desolation are, What Ignatius will do from now to the end of the rules is to give us one tool after another to help us reject the discouraging tactics of the enemy in time of spiritual desolation. That's his main focus now in the rules. The reason for that, as we said before, is because I doubt any of us would disagree when we say that for most of us this is the main problem in the spiritual life, when we get discouraged or disheartened and then tend to kind of fall back or let our progress go. And in this rule, Ignatius tells us what we should not do in time of spiritual desolation. And so he says, in time of desolation, never make a change. That's it right there. In time of desolation, never make a change, but be firm and constant in the proposals that we had in place in our spiritual life before this desolation began. So there I am in the evening, nine o'clock, alone in my room, don't want to pray, kind of a grayness in my heart, not feeling God's closeness. Here is another person who is worried about some aspect of her life, finances, health, family, and there's been kind of a, a, a darkness and a heaviness and a trouble of heart. Prayer has been difficult for the last week. It's hard to even have the energy to pray. In both cases, we're describing a person in a time of spiritual desolation. When I can look at what is going on in my heart and say, I am now in a time of spiritual desolation, then Rule 5 applies to me. That's what Ignatius means when he says, in time of desolation. And he says, in time of desolation, 
Never make a change to any aspect of our spiritual life, what he calls our spiritual proposals, which we had decided on and put in place before this time of desolation began. So the woman at nine o'clock this evening alone in her room, or the other in this week of desolation. If before the desolation began, one or the other had planned to get to the Bible study on Wednesday, on Wednesday night, to spend time in the morning in prayer, to begin some spiritual reading, to try to live Christ's teaching of love in a new way with this family member or that, or to be involved in the parish in one way or another. Whatever we had planned, we never make any changes to that in time of spiritual desolation. So, for example, I had called the pastor and made an appointment to go and speak with him because there's some spiritual struggle that I'm going through and I need his advice. Today's Tuesday. The appointment is set for Friday in the early afternoon. And I've been looking forward to that. It's been, I've done this once or twice in the past. I find it enormously helpful. Then a phone call comes and I'm aware of some struggle in the family, some issue that kind of weighs on my heart. What we're describing is non-spiritual desolation. And in the heaviness and anxiety of, anxiety of it, I begin to let my prayer slip and all the things that we've been saying. Oh. Now we get to Thursday evening and I remember that tomorrow afternoon I have the meeting with the pastor. But now the feelings and the thoughts are very different about it. In the heaviness of the spiritual desolation and the thoughts arising from the spiritual desolation, I find myself saying, you know, why waste his time? How many times have you tried to change or grow in this particular aspect of your life? And he'll say all the nice, kind things to you, and he'll be very good about it and very patient. But he'll know and, you know, and you'll know that nothing really is going to change from this. I think what I'm going to do is just call him and say I'm too busy to come. Let's ask two questions. Am I in a time of spiritual desolation? Obviously, yes. Am I thinking of changing a spiritual proposal which was in place before this desolation began? Obviously, I am. What does Ignatius tell me I should do in such times? Never make those changes. So what should I do? Get myself there in the early afternoon on Friday exactly as planned. Here is another man who every year makes a retreat, weekend retreat, and finds it uh, extremely helpful. And looked at his calendar and eight months in advance, set aside a weekend, signed up for a retreat in a local retreat house, and has been looking forward to it for, for several months now. And same scenario, we get close to it a few days before it, something's weighing on his heart, there's some, perhaps some non-spiritual desolation sort of creeps into his spiritual life. There's a heaviness there. He's letting some of his prayer go. And now he starts remembering that a week from now I'm going to spend the weekend. Finds himself thinking, again, same kinds of thoughts. Nothing's really going to change. I'm too busy. I don't really have the energy for it. I don't really want to do it. Two questions. Am I in a time of spiritual desolation? Yes, obviously. Am I thinking of changing a spiritual proposal which was in place before the desolation began? Again, yes, obviously. What should this man do about the retreat? He should get himself there exactly as planned. He, this is what Ignatius is saying. In time of spiritual desolation, which is why it's so helpful to be able to name it when I'm in it, if I know I'm in a time of spiritual desolation and I'm thinking of changing anything in my spiritual life that I had planned on before the desolation began, I should never make those changes. Never is a powerful word. Mm -hmm. There's no exception to this. Now, we're speaking of spiritual desolation and spiritual proposals. 
Because on the non-spiritual level, there might be a time when, let's say, uh, the person that we talked about earlier who's just staying up too late, night after night after night, and is getting worn out, well, obviously that person needs to make some changes, just needs to get more rest. There we're dealing with non-spiritual desolation. And sometimes with non-spiritual desolation, we need to make the changes which will solve the very desolation itself. Having said that, most of the time what Ignatius is teaching in Rule 5 on the spiritual level will also apply on the non-spiritual level. This really begs that we make decisions thoughtfully, carefully, in discernment before making commitments to certain spiritual practices, for instance. I mean, without leaping before taking time to at least to go through some type of process before we make commitment. Yes, that would always be wise, whether we're in spiritual desolation or in spiritual consolation or in what Ignatius calls that kind of a tranquil time because we're not always either in spiritual consolation or spiritual desolation. There are times when we kind of go forward through life on a sort of an even keel and there's blessing and grace in that time as well. Regardless of what we're experiencing in our hearts, yes, that would be absolutely true that especially major decisions should be made thoughtfully, carefully, with proper consultation uh, and prayer, all the different things that we need to make a good decision. Ignatius' specific point here is, above all, in time of spiritual desolation, just never make such changes. Never. Rule 5 doesn't mean that we never ever do make changes to spiritual plans and proposals in our spiritual life. The time of peace, of tranquility, or spiritual consolation could be times in which we could, with wisdom, as, as you're saying, even then, carefully, wisely, prayerfully, with consultation as necessary, we might consider helpful changes. What Ignatius really wants us to see in Rule 5 is that we should just never do that in spiritual desolation. I don't know if any of our listeners are, or you, Chris, are Tolkien fans. I've always loved uh, mm-hmm. The Lord of the Rings. There is that point, it's in uh, obviously the book, and it's also well done in the movie, in which um, Frodo meets Lady Galadriel when he is on the verge of the darkest part of his journey. And she, uh, you know, Tolkien is a Catholic, uh, was a Catholic, and there is a kind of an inspiration in some way of Mary in the figure of the nobility and goodness of Lady Galadriel. She hands Frodo a little file, P-H-I-A-L, a little receptacle of light. And she says to him, this will be for you a light when all other lights go out. This will be for you a light when all other lights go out. And that's what Rule 5 can be for us. When everything in us is in the darkness is clamoring and saying, I got it all wrong before and finally now I'm seeing clearly and I must make this change. I should not go to that retreat. There's no point speaking to the pastor. From the smallest things, in quote smallest, plans to pray faithfully each day to the biggest things, our very vocational decision itself. And everything in us in the darkness is saying, I got it wrong and I need to make the change. This will be for you a light when all other lights go out. In time of desolation, never make such changes. Two questions, am I in a time of spiritual desolation and am I considering changing something that was in place in my spiritual life before the desolation began? Whenever, without exception, the answer to those two questions is yes, We should never make such changes, but remain firm and constant, Ignatius says, in the plans that we had in place before the desolation began. This is what I'm begging of us never to forget, because it will bless us forever in our lives. I know in my own experience, and I can anticipate that others out there 
might be able to give the same kind of witness to this that the, what cries out in those moments the the loudest cry that as you have pointed out the bite that ignatius talks about from the enemy that comes out is that i made the wrong decision in the first place i shouldn't have done that in the first place and then we're trying to fix it how do you deal with that because that's the i should never have done that i'm oh Yes, that, that's exactly what's going to happen, and that's why Rule 5 is so valuable, because in the time of desolation, in the confusion and the darkness, when there's pain, the thought will, will come, what will solve this is to change what I had in place, spiritually speaking, what I had in place, my vocation, my life of prayer, my involvement in the parish. Um, and it will seem very clear to us even in the time of spiritual desolation. I had it all wrong before. It's now that I'm seeing it clearly. Those two questions will be the light for us. Am I in a time of spiritual desolation? Is there heaviness of heart right now in my relationship with God? Yes. And am I thinking in this time of desolation of making some change to my spiritual life that I had put in place before this desolation began? Yes. Whenever, without exception, the answer is yes to those two questions. We never make those changes. What Ignatius will say in Rule 6 is that what we do do is we change the very... uh, the way we're facing the very desolation itself, until resisting that with courage and wisdom, it passes, then would be the time when we could consider whether changes might be helpful or not, but never, ever in desolation. How many times, Chris, have we seen people make spiritual changes in the time of spiritual desolation? Letting prayer go, giving up on spiritual direction, dropping out of activities in the parish, giving up in certain efforts to love within the family, even walking away from vocational commitments, if I may say that with great reverence. They're always bad decisions. We'll return in just a moment to The Discernment of Spirits, Setting the Captives Free, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Hi, this is Chris McGregor of Discerning Hearts, which is a 501c3 fully tax-deductible nonprofit organization dedicated to evangelization and spiritual formation through the use of new media. Discerning Hearts creates engaging multimedia specializing in podcasts and radio broadcasts, faithful to the teachings of the Roman Catholic Church and its rich, authentic spiritual tradition. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, and if you feel us worthy, please consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to support our efforts. We charge nothing for any of the programs that are available on Discerning Hearts, and our outreach is literally to the world. Please tell a friend about Discerning Hearts and either download our free apps, which are available at iTunes and Google Play stores, or visit discerninghearts.com. Prayers of St. Ignatius of Loyola Anima Christi, soul of Christ, sanctify me. Body of Christ, save me. Blood of Christ, inebriate me. Water from the side of Christ, wash me. Passion of Christ, strengthen me. O good Jesus, hear me. Within thy wounds, hide me. Suffer me not to be separated from thee. From the malignant enemy, defend me. In the hour of my death, Call me, and bid me come to thee, that with thy saints I may praise thee, forever and ever. Amen. 
Prayer for Generosity Lord, teach me to be generous. Teach me to serve you as you deserve, to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wounds, to toil and not to seek for rest, to labor and not to ask for reward, save knowing that I am doing your most holy will. Amen. We now return to The Discernment of Spirits, setting captives free with Father Timothy Gallagher. The fifth rule, in time of desolation, never make a change, but be firm and constant in the proposals and determination in which one was the day preceding such desolation, or in the determination in which one was in the preceding consolation. Because, as in consolation the good spirit guides and counsels us more, so in desolation the bad spirit, with whose counsels we cannot find the way to a right decision. I would interject one other that I, from again from my own experience that I have counted from others, in particular those who have gone through, say, an RCIA program or in, and brought into the church through that initiation at the Easter Vigil or just the Catholic who is faithfully going to Mass on Sundays is just slipping out of going to Mass one Sunday and then before you know it, the, well, I, I missed last week and it's not so bad. And then that, that gradually pulls away from it. It's that practice of going to the sacraments that can be very crippling to one's opportunity for grace. And you know, Chris, when you describe that, you're, you're naming one of the tactics of the enemy. You've already missed once. You're slipping. It's just going to keep on going like this. The energy is sapped to, there is no reason why we can always begin again, as the saint said, always. We can begin every day fresh and anew. God's grace and love are always there for us. But what the enemy will say is, it's kind of getting too late for you. You've already begun to slip. There's a kind of hopelessness and an inevitability of the continuing of the slippage. Again, be aware, understand, take action to reject. If we can pick up the lie. This is, these are all classic qualities of spiritual desolation. Without hope, we said, without confidence, that sense of discouragement. There is no shame in this. Again, let me, I'll just keep repeating that. What matters is discernment, to be aware of what's going on, to understand it, and to know how to reject it. The reason why this, this is true, St. Ignatius tells us in this same Rule 5, is that in time of spiritual consolation, that's the time when the Good Spirit is working. There's the 41-year-old man at the Mass Sunday morning with his heart in consolation, feeling God's love, and the thoughts are there. I'm going to begin to pray 10 minutes with Scripture each morning, and I can do it if I arrange my morning and speak with my wife. Those are The Good Spirit is guiding and counseling us in spiritual consolation, St. Ignatius says. And in spiritual desolation, it's the enemy who's guiding and counseling us. That's the same man in his room alone that night after the difficult supper conversation why should I bother? How long is this going to last? I don't even know how to do this. So that's the reason why we never accept the counsels, the thoughts, the suggestions of changes that come in spiritual desolation, because that's the time when the tempter, who is the liar, is at work. That should We must always reject that. And in spiritual consolation, that will be the time when we open our hearts to receive the light that the Lord is giving. Can that come through the voices of others that we consult? Um, if whether it is somebody who, a friend, should we be aware that those 
temptations those that foster that desolation can come through others. Certainly both the good spirit and the enemy can work through what we call the world around us. And so we can have people who can give us advice and quotes or counsel, which um, if we follow will very much move us away from God and in the in the direction the enemy wants that will discourage us. Why, why are you spending so much time with this or it's not all that important or you can let yourself do this doesn't matter that much if you miss a mass all those kinds of things certainly others and then the same can also be true on the side of grace above all on the side of grace where many times it will be friends or family members whose encouragement to get involved more in our relationship with the lord will be very much an instrument of the good spirit in guiding and counseling us so it can work on either side let's just say again these are not equal parts christ is the victor but yes, we can have both uh, kinds of influences. Let's look at a, a text and an experience in St. Ignatius. This is from what's called his spiritual diary. And he is about to celebrate Mass on this morning. His rooms are actually still there in Rome. And they're a beautiful thing to visit them if you ever go to Rome, a kind of Franciscan simplicity. In the midst of all the noise and architectural splendor of Rome, here are these very simple rooms where St. Ignatius lived. His own room is very near, was very near the chapel in, uh, in this house. And on this day, he, he rises, turns immediately to prayer, as was his practice at this time. There's a lot of spiritual consolation in it. He prepares for the Mass, gets to the Mass. There's a certain amount of consolation in it, but also some struggle. And then St. Ignatius walks the few steps back after Mass over to his room, and he's alone now in his room. And he says, when the Mass was finished and afterward in my room, I found myself totally alone. I can, you can feel the heaviness in these words, spiritually speaking. And without help of any kind, without power to relish any of my mediators, by that he means Mary with Jesus and Jesus with the Father, or any of the divine persons, but so remote and so separated from them, this is the feeling, as if I had never felt anything of them and never would feel anything again. This is why I can say that there's no shame in experiencing spiritual desolation. Here is St. Ignatius at the height of his sanctity, and in a time of pretty substantial spiritual desolation, is feeling totally alone, without help of any kind, without the ability to relish the divine persons. And notice another quality of spiritual desolation. Not only does he feel as if right now he's not feeling anything of God, but the desolation tells him, you never have felt anything of God in the past in your life, and you never will feel anything of God again in the future. Desolation falsely claims power to interpret our spiritual past and to predict our spiritual future. Desolation is like putting on a pair of sunglasses. Depending on how intense the desolation is, there'll be a, a lighter shade or a darker shade, but they're dark. You turn and you look behind you, everything looks dark. You look forward, everything looks dark. It claimed desolation, the part of the sting is the desolation will say it's not only that it's like this right now, that you feel far from God, but it's really always been like this in your life, and it's always going to be like this. But you take the sunglasses off, and things are not as dark as the lie of the enemy would present to us. But you see it there in St. Ignatius, and we can expect these same kinds of experiences in times of spiritual desolation. And that's why I mention them, because if we know them, it's going to be all the easier to pick them up and to reject them when they happen. Now, thoughts arise in St. Ignatius in this time of spiritual desolation. 
Strikingly, thoughts came to me sometimes against Jesus, sometimes against another divine person, even that. This is a man who loves the Lord, whose whole life is given to the Lord. But in the time of spiritual desolation, experiences thoughts like this. Again, there is no shame Mm -hmm. in any of this. Um, Sometimes against another divine person, being so confused with different thoughts, and then all kinds of thoughts run through his house. He's just going to leave the house and go off to another place and get away from everything that's bothering him him here. A thought comes to him to undo a whole plan of of a discernment that he was had intended to conclude this day with this final mass asking god's light in the discernment the thought comes to him that the discernment is ending badly and the confusion is spiritual desolation you better start the whole thing over again rule five am i in a time of spiritual desolation which he clearly is and am i thinking of changing a spiritual plan which was in place before the desolation began that is to do this discernment and finish it with mass today That's Mm -hmm. what the desolation is saying. Mm -hmm. Ignatius picks it up, remains firm in his proposal, does end the discernment with clarity that day. Ignatius is our elder brother. He writes about this because he's been there just as we are. So I I can't say it too much. I I Actually, I reluctantly leave Rule 5 because if we never forget it, if we keep it as a friend for the rest of the journey, it will save us from so many decisions that can lead to so much pain. So our life will be so much easier. The fifth rule, in time of desolation, never make a change, but be firm and constant in the proposals and determination in which one was the day preceding such desolation, or in the determination in which one was in the preceding consolation. Because, as in consolation the good spirit guides and counsels us more, so in desolation the bad spirit, with whose counsels we cannot find the way to a right decision. You know, I mentioned, Chris, it's probably about 20 years now I've been traveling around the country teaching these rules. More than any other rule, when I meet people sometimes now 5, 10, 15 years later, what they will comment on is how helpful Rule 5 has been to them and how grateful they are for it. As I am in my own priesthood, I cannot tell you how many times this rule has saved me from changing a plan on whether to give a retreat or how to give it or this apostolic commitment or that or this aspect of my prayer life. I'm so grateful to this, as I think all of us will be if we bring this as a friend for the journey. So a T-shirt with I love Rule 5 wouldn't be out of the question. (laughs) I think it'd be absolutely wonderful. And it would remind all the others who see it of Rule 5 too. Remember, take the fifth. Thank you, Father Gallagher. You've been listening to The Discernment of Spirits, Setting the Captives Free with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this conversation along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our mission. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for The Discernment of Spirits, Setting the Captives Free with Father Timothy Gallagher.